After two successful seasons of the EYOF podcast from Vukaji and Banska Bistrica, it's time for a new adventure and exciting interviews provided to you by the European Young Olympic Ambassadors. My name is Michal Čmelik, I'm the Young Ambassador from Slovakia and I'll be your host for this season of the EYOF podcast, live from the Winter European Youth Olympic Festival 2023 in the Italian region of Friuli, Venezia, Giulia. Doesn't matter where you listen to us or under what conditions, but mostly, let's enjoy this episode together. Volunteers are true Olympians and transmit the real spirit of the Olympic Games. That's a quote by former IOC president Jacques Roque. A quote which is indeed still inspiring many to join the Olympic family and become volunteers. Also here in Italy it's not that much different. We see them helping people to provide basic information about the event, leading the logistics and transportation, but also making us, people participating or being involved at the event, smile and feel comfortable in Italy. I personally believe that volunteers are a face of this event as well. That's why it's my great pleasure to have here for this episode one of the amazing volunteers. And I'm already saying welcome to Giulia Rozzo. Hi, Giulia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So how is your EYOF so far? It's been quite eventful. We had a lot of work to do for sure, but definitely a lot of fun, a little bit of cold, and mostly just getting to know both uh, delegates, other volunteers, and definitely the athletes. You are already starring my next question. That's what is actually your role in particular here at the EYOF in Italy? So I'm an attache, which means that I was assigned a delegation, in my case, Montenegro. And when we arrived, we were then put into contact doing one-on-one communication with them. So basically allowing ourselves to say, hey, anything you need, reach out, let me know. Um, don't know where to find information. I can ask somebody else if I, maybe I already know the answer. Um, and also just generally making sure that they know timelines, when they're getting picked up, so transportation, um, anything from food, hotels, to trainings and actual competitions. So it's been eventful for sure. Um, I have a smaller delegation, so a little less work. There's other delegations that have up to 25 to 30 athletes, which is a lot of people to handle. But um, it's been quite fun. The opening ceremony was also very special. It was in Trieste and we had um, all the delegations on the buses arriving and then doing the actual walkthrough was definitely an exhilarating start. So it's been uh, very fruitful so far. Montenegro, um, do you have any connection with that country or how did you end up with them? So actually, I do not. Um, I have a couple of connections to other countries, but we were basically told, let us know what languages you speak. Um, in my case, I speak four, so Italian, German, English, and Spanish. And then from there, based on linguistic skills or perhaps a specific re- requests, our profiles were sent out to all the delegations and then we were d- organized both based on location and delegation. We have uh, four different zones for the competitions and so each delegation has a different attaché in that zone. It seems like you are very, very known what are you going to do here and for me it's very exciting because many times I can imagine that for people coming to volunteer service it can be very like tiring very frustrating but also it's a new challenge for them but I would like to start with the beginnings like how did you even 
ended up here in Italy. So how did you find out about this event here? So a little bit of background. I was uh, born in Italy. I moved to Germany and then to the United States where I grew up. I then returned to Italy for my university, uh, my bachelor degree in international and diplomatic sciences with the University of Trieste. And they have an incredible program in which they'll send out at uh, random times emails saying there's this volunteer opportunity or there's this conference going on in the area or at least in the region. Um, so I learned about IAF through this original email. I had actually heard of it before from friends that are athletes, both the summer and the winter version. Um, but I had the opportunity because being in Erasmus in Spain at the moment, I had a one week break after my exams and it falls exactly during this week. So I was like, let's take the opportunity. I sent my uh, documentation and my application form and then was contacted about three or four weeks later um, in which I was told this is exactly what you would be doing. This is how things work. Um, let us know if you are actually interested. And from there, I said, yes, uh, the only thing is that I have a special diet, I'm celiac. And from there, we got off to a great start. I just love to hear this excitement in your voice, you know, like you already like, even like, I think that those are the memories already, like now you're here in Italy, like providing the volunteer service. Do you think that the expectations that you have before are like really true? Or like, is it something like in reality, is it something different for what were you expecting during the event? So, definitely a tricky question. I think we all like to create kind of a perspectives or at least an expectation for ourselves more than for others. So, I mean, when you hear European Union, you think, okay, huge event, uh, lots of people, a lot of commotion, should be super, super organized. The reality is that when you are trying to organize millions of people, it's not always going to be perfect. We've had um, minor bumps, transportations, a couple of little things going on with like maybe relocating for um, an event or even just trainings, and they happen. I think it comes down to A, trying to find the good in every situation. Okay, that went poorly, but the rest of the day went great. Or sure, I got home an hour late, but I got to meet another delegation I wouldn't have met. And then the other thing is communication. Communication is, I mean, key in everything. We know this now with technology, we're also super connected continuously. But right now, especially when we have attaches, we have chief of missions, we have other people who are organizing transportation, organizing food, uh, trying to keep everything one connected, being able to write a message and say, hey, this happened, what's the solution? Or, hey, this went really well today, thank you everyone, is one of the most important things. Expectation-wise, I think I'm actually quite pleased. I mean, I get to be in a gorgeous place in the winter, which is not usual for me. But also, the true thing that for me was really something I looked forward to was the networking. You have young people from all around the world. You have people who are my age, like 22, and you have people who perhaps are 40. And for them, it's um, the next festival. So they're much more ingrained in the system. and. Everyone has their own background, their own story. So hearing their perspectives, but also their memories from other adventures is super special because you learn so much more than what you expect. It's, um, for me, it sounds like you have, you take this opportunity as a learning process. It's 
On the other hand, it's not for everyone. I can imagine that there's like a general perception that volunteerism is some like activity that you do for free. It's not that very popular in every country. There are some countries where are very much inspiring. For example, Finland, we saw the large engagement of young people in Volkati, also in Banska Bistrica. They created a nice program for the volunteers. But also, I think that at some certain point, you need people who are experienced for the event that those unexperienced can learn from. So my next question is actually, have you ever volunteered before or how you actually, because for me, it's always like very exciting to talk with someone who is involved with volunteerism as me. So where all this passion about being volunteer actually is coming from? Sure. So I started um, volunteering in a different sense. Uh, in high school, I was um, outside of Boston and we have a political situation that also is both historical and unfortunately actual with racism. So I started off volunteering as in uh, with a group of my friends, I co-founded a group called Students Advocating for Equity. And then with my principal and two vice principals, another group uh, was formed which I was very happy to spearhead, which was Courageous Conversations on Race. These two um, initiatives went on for a couple of years. It was my junior year of high school, so two years. We were able to change the school curriculum, get uh, an entire course actually approved for two credits. And then from there, I have um, definitely always had a passion for politics and international diplomacy. But from there, it became a reality. It wasn't a, oh yes, like I love doing Model United Nations or I love doing things that are simulation games. It became a, could this be an actual future, a job opportunity, um, or a study opportunity to begin with? So I did that. Um, I ended up choosing my bachelor also because of this, so International Diplomatic Sciences in Italy to kind of get back to my roots, have a, a bit of a Europeanness to my studies. And I joined as treasurer and vice secretary the Student Movement for International Organizations, MSOI. So the first year I simply participated, the second year I got involved and I said, okay, uh, I know it's volunteering, but can we make this bigger? Can we make this better? So we applied for a couple grants, got accepted, which was really exciting, organized a festival for diplomacy and for the students of both the undergraduate and graduate programs. And from there it became an, okay, I know I like working with youth. There is such an importance that we as youth have but also that sometimes it's forgotten because we are young and some of our ideas are crazy and non-applicable and we may not realize that yet so it becomes a process of okay this is realistic this maybe isn't so realistic how can we change it to make it real how can we make something that from a simulation or a casual conversation to something that you can take away and say okay i did this i gained something I can apply it somewhere else. And so that was a lot of fun, definitely hard work. But again, I feel like if you have the opportunity to put some passion into it, it's worth it. From there, I found this this year, so the year following, and IOF became the opportunity to say, okay, um, I've done Model United Nations. A, I did one last year in Albania which was my first kind of introduction to, okay, something organized by people who are definitely more in the system, experts, but 
then fulfilled by youth. And at that point, it became, okay, where do I want to stand? So taking inspiration from that and also other adventures, I said, okay, let's start with the volunteer program. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it is from one of the, like, the lower levels, if you'd like. One of the most important levels in reality because you do the groundwork. Somebody else has planned it, organized it, uh, gotten the medals, the certificates, um, all the, the nice decorations, but you're the one who's running around making sure my delegation knows where they're going or they know where they're sleeping or they need their ski passes, I can find them. And from there, it became an, okay, we did a little bit of general information around uh, December, and then we got here in January, and it was hit the ground running, let's go. So even with the little maybe pitfalls or accidents, it's really important to have people who have done this before, who, in my case, I have a different type of volunteer background. It's not a sports background but it's uh, still definitely tied to young people, so ages 14 to 26, and definitely to the international organizations. And then I have, I'm lucky enough to know the languages, so it's also been fun to kind of find delegations and say, okay, any of you speak any language I speak, let's try to communicate. Or one of the greatest things that I noticed here is every delegation has pins that you can pin to your lanyard with either the name of the team or the year or something to represent them. And so you have these athletes who they're training, they're on competition, running around to each other saying, do you want to trade a pin? And you're like, I don't have pins, which is unfortunate, but if you want to gift it to me, sure. So the, the attaches as well as the athletes are now competing for who gets more pins. And again, it's a little thing that it gives a good memory. You know that your hard work pays off. Yeah, that's quite a fu funny because I really, I wanted to actually ask you what is your favorite activity here, but I think that collecting pins is like a general, very favorite activity that many people would like to do during the Olympic related events or any kind of sport event. To continue, what do you think is important skill which you as an NOC assistant should have? Because I think that at some point it includes a lot of diplomacy, which is not only your hobby, you actually study that, like you are the future diplomat. But I think that at the end, like you are, you are um, meeting the needs of the NOCs because, of course, it's a it's a giant project. Like a lot of athletes are involved, the chef, the missions, and everyone wants to feel comfortable here. But what do you think? It's like for you personally that one skill which you should have as an NOC assistant. Um, wow, there's a lot that you need, but the one fundamental one is honestly listening listening because you want to work for the common good you want to help your chief of mission your delegation or whatever project you're working at to the best of your ability but if you don't know how to listen so take that step back and say okay i know all this information but what are they asking of me then it's very hard because you can give it your all but it might not be what is necessary to complete that job and then, honestly, the, another one that goes hand in hand is passion. You need to get here knowing that you might be working crazy hours because something happens or because someone needs something that was, didn't arrive or should have arrived but didn't or any, any other reason. Um, I mean, I had one of my delegations lose a pair of eyeglasses. And so, okay, call the bus company, figure out where the glasses went. It's something unexpected 
but you need to have the passion to say no it's something important it's something little that makes an impact on the whole and definitely those two skills are something that both as a volunteer but also as a diplomatic role in general you need to have the passion behind it to drive you and the listening skills to be able to represent the people who hired you or in some cases your constituents i think that also what is very much important is the flexibility which i think that while you're talking about your role here during the winter eyof in italy this is something that you really have I also think that to kind of copy on your answer that some kind of flexibility is important there because also like as you mentioned you are meeting uh, new people new situations are like hiding just behind every corner here and also it's a winter edition of the EYOF is very specific because there is some like particular thing we cannot change and that's the weather um, how are you flexible with actually being involved in a winter uh, event because from what we talked before prior to this interview, I think that you are not involved in winter sport. You have a background of soccer, actually. But how do you copy of actually being um, able to work outside in those conditions? Yes, so my background is um, in more arts, so dance, theater, and also soccer. Uh, winter Olympics, I have definitely an interest in. They're super fascinating, but they're not my specialty. So first of all, the cold is quite an adventure um we have had snow for the past three days so getting dressed is absolutely vital or else you will be freezing um but asking so many questions the athletes are experts in their sport um their coaches usually have a background which is incredible um my delegation for example he's been to the olympics four times so you ask him okay how does the slalom work and it's the, oh well like you have this type of a flag pole or this one and the colors change because of this and that and the type of snow will change how the c competition goes and so you have all these different pieces put together that a you learn a lot b you definitely the, the temperatures are what they are so be cold mm, it's okay you're still gonna go outside you have you know we're more used to maybe rain or wet weather and here you have ice and snow and uh, very cold temperatures. And so it becomes a motivational for sure of let's get this done as fast and quickly and correctly as possible so we get to the warmth. But also it becomes a learning experience because you learn so many different things about a sport that, for example, in my case, I'm not an expert about, but I am fairly an expert in languages. So you have that to kind of give back to them. Um, and then flexibility for sure also in generally figuring out how to communicate. I mean, they're not all interprets, so that's the first thing. Many delegations speak English uh, as well as their native language. And you can have miscommunications, you can have words that perhaps you're not used to. And so it becomes um, kind of a puzzle of, okay, I understood this part. Let's figure out what you're saying in the first part and then we can find a solution together. So that's been a lot of fun. And the, the team, you have, you have to build a new team. And that team isn't solely based on people you know or one type of sport. For example, we have alpine skiing in Tervisio, but we have ice hockey in another spot and we have figure skating. And there's so many different sports in between these zones that it becomes an, okay, my smaller team is here. Your larger team is somewhere else do you want to go see them or do they need something that you don't have or that you do have 
And so it becomes both an experience of enjoying this weather, which is unusual for me, but also learning from the team saying, okay, what do you usually have at home that helps? So for example, one of the teams says, well, you don't eat enough meat here. Perfect, you talk to the kitchen. Can we get more meat for them? Or can we get, for example, we've had vegetarian options, things like that. And then the second thing is they have so much equipment. It is insane. Um, I come from sports when the equipment is, is definitely less or at least less uh, heavy. So making sure that they have their skis, they have their padding, they have their helmets, they have everything they need to not only not have to worry about that aspect, but be able to train properly and then compete properly has also been uh, definitely a learning experience and a little bit of heavy lifting. I can totally imagine that. And also, it's quite funny because uh, we are now at the winter EYOF. And, but, you know, three years later, there's a even bigger event coming here to Italy. And those are the Winter Olympics, which you already mentioned that uh, someone involved in your team has these experiences of participating at the Olympic Games. And maybe that can also inspire you to participate. So like very cheesy and easy question is that, <laughs> are you coming to Cortina, Milano Cortina in 2026? So, well, three years is a long time. Uh, first thing is I have to figure out where I'm going to be studying for my master's at that point. But if I'm in the area and I have the time, I don't see why not perhaps uh, in a volunteer role, perhaps in a more managerial role. I think it also depends at that point what other background I've been able to experience and create. But I mean, I've had a great time. It's, I think it's also important for people um, to have these experiences. We're constantly being plagiarized and told to the point of, honestly, exhaustion of you need to start working with experience. Well, okay, but what paying job is going to say, yeah, I'm taking you immediately. In this case, you have the function of working properly, but at the same time, you have the pleasure of, okay, you're not being paid monetarily, but you have a place to live. They give you food. In this case, they give you a uniform because it's cold, so you, you need it, trust me. Um, but also you have this, okay, I'm not gaining money, but I'm not spending money and I am gaining experience. So it's worth it in this sense. Um, you don't, we have this concept of you need to be super rich or super connected to be able to do these experiences. And at this point, thankfully, it's not true. International organizations like the European Union, but also we have the United Nations, so many other opportunities. Um, Amnesty International does things as well, in which you can, as a volunteer and as a, honestly maintain volunteered because you're not paying for things that you usually would have these experiences that not only build your curriculum they build your future but more importantly they build you both as in character and also as in personality I think you learn a lot you network a lot but also you see mistakes that perhaps for some reason happen that you're not going to commit And so it's both really important and both really, really fruitful in so many different ways that honestly, even if it turns out that maybe volunteering isn't for you, trying it once is definitely worth it. You have a very good motivational speech for people <laughs> listening to us out there, which is very good because I truly believe and I truly think that it's important to be volunteers 
it's important to try it because it's some new activity for many people and also i think that your story which we just talked about showed that it's not important to have experiences from sports volunteering it's just important to start even if you want to start from scratch it's just important to do this and to lead this initiative to do it because at the end it's only for your own good and for your own experiences and yeah at the end it's quite fun right absolutely um an adventure why not as our talk is coming to its end i have prepared one activity for you it's a round of fire five fire questions where you have to choose one of the options are you ready Super ready. Let's go. Those are very, very easy ones. Or maybe not. We will see. Maybe they're <laughs> tricky. So, beach or mountains? Beach. Cold drink or warm drink? Cold drink. Mathematics or geography? Geography. Moon or the sun? Sun. Pasta or pizza? Oh, this is hard. Uh, pizza. <laughs> Thank you so much for stepping by and coming to our EYOF podcast. Julia Rozzo was my guest today. Thank you so much for the interview. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.